Lord serve. Hey, I want to ask, how are your tries going in 2024? We're trying a lot of new things, are we not? New Year's resolutions. Uh, someone was trying to cut out sugar. How's that going? Was that someone here? No, they're, <laughs> they're too grumpy to come because they're not sugar. <laughs> I was trying to get seven and a half hours of sleep a night. Not going as good as I'd hoped. I've only had one person ask me, though. I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm a little hurt. So uh, next week, here's my pledge to you. I'm going to get seven and a half hours of sleep this week. I want you to ask me next week, and if I say, no, I didn't, I owe you 10 push-ups. Deal? Now, think about how many of you there are. <laughs> so don't ask it all together. Ask it individually. You know, wear me out a little bit, all right? So what, what are the other tries that you're trying to do right now? Anything that you're trying to do? Read the Bible more. That's a great one. What else are we trying to do? What? Fasting. Wow. Yeah, you're not the sugar person, are you? No, okay. <laughs> that might be one and the same. Anything else that we're trying? Trying to be more gracious. I, I need that too. Thank you, Butch. Yeah, so we're trying to do a lot of things. But let me, let me uh, first of all, back up. Did my screens go blank? No, no, there we go. We're in. We're in. All right, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, trying today. <laughs> But it's probably not the way you think, because my advice to you today is quit trying. Now, no pastor ever said that, right? Until today. I'm the first in history. But I'm telling you today, quit trying. Now, there's more to it than that. If you want to see where we've come to get here, you can go back on our YouTube, on our website, on our Facebook. Uh, and if you want to see today, uh, it'll be there up this afternoon with uh, God willing. So what are we talking about? We're talking about trying on a scale of one to five. I want you to rate, because some of you aren't brave enough to say it, because you know I'll put it out there on the stream and then I'll out you, right? So, so how are you doing on a scale of one to five with whatever it is that you're trying to do right now that's new? So one is I'm doing terribly. Five is I'm doing stellar. I'm awesome. So what I want you to do is just hold up a number of fingers how you're doing with what you're trying to do that's new. I want to get an average. That's actually better than I thought. Thank you very much. So we're, we're averaging, uh, I would guess, about 2.7 if I put all that together. That's really, really quick math. Uh, so 2.7 on a scale out of 5. So that tells me that we're not exactly successful in what we're trying to do. And you know what that makes us? It makes us human. It makes us normal, actually. That's why I was surprised it was actually that high. I got a quote that I ran across. Uh, occasionally, I just run across these things, and I, I think, man, this is so accurate. I think generally most people can't maintain anything that's particularly strict for very long. I watch people trying and failing to do that a lot. This is going well. So, so far, the title of the sermon is Quit Trying, and you're going to fail a lot. Yeah, come to WordServe. We're going to pump you up, right? So, <laughs> but stick with me. Stick with me. All right? So, I will tell you today. I'm going to tell you to quit trying. Here's an example of a runner, and we're going to get uh, more into that with our text today, but uh, I, this is my solemn advice to you, and you're going to see why in just a minute. How many people know about the Apostle Paul? Have you heard of him? How many people would consider him to be a winner? Good at what he did. Like, he, he pulled it off, right? He wrote most of the New Testament. He, uh, you know, he did all these wonderful things, planted all these churches, all these other things. So, yeah, he knows a little bit about this. And so we're going to follow his advice. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 
chapter 9, 24 through 27, to set the stage for you, the Corinthian church was at a crossroads. It's kind of like a Houston, you know, where a lot of different cultural influences are coming in. Paul is trying to communicate to this church to say, stay true to Christ. Stay true to the teachings. But there's so many influences. They're, they're trying to do Christianity, and, and they're one of those people that are failing a lot. There's so many influences that are coming in. So his, his plea is to stick with the basics. Listen to how he says this, and, and here's what I want you to answer as we read this text. How will you run? Listen to this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone who's running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body, and I make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for that prize. These are the words of God for the people of God, and for these words we are grateful. Did you catch what Paul's saying? He's not talking about doing something haphazard. He's not doing anything slightly. Paul is all in, and we know that because of the life that he lived. So what is his advice? Well, you probably didn't catch it. He didn't say anything about trying. Did you notice that? He didn't say a thing about trying. You know what he did talk about? Training. Yeah, it's not trying. It's training. Or it's time that we quit trying and start training. So what's the difference? You may be asking. Well, I found a couple of good quotes. The difference between trying and training. Trying is an attempt to change with minimal involvement. How many people have ever, well, you know, I tried. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. Do you notice how that's communicated with failure? The word try, if you don't succeed, that would be failure. Try, failure, failure and try are tied together. Do you ever hear failure in training? Only if you don't train, right? So think about the difference between training and trying. So training then becomes wholehearted commitment to achieve a specific result. Now, this fits in really nice with people who are trying to follow Jesus because wholehearted speaks immediately to the first and greatest command. Love the Lord your God with, yeah, you got it, right? It's not uh, love, try to love God, try to love your neighbor, although that is challenging, I will give you, especially if I'm your neighbor. But, yeah, <laughs> you do, right? Yeah, that, that can be very, very challenging, but it's not about trying. It's about loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. There's no halfway done here. The commitment. Jesus tells us that if you're going to be my disciple, you have to occasionally try to speak Jesus, occasionally try to follow his commands and love him. No, he does not cut any corners. You must pick up your cross and follow me. Now, a lot of times we, we put that into a, a burden that we must bear. Like, okay, well, I've got this thing and I just have to carry it. That's my cross to bear. You've, you've probably heard that phrase. In reality, it's much deeper than that. Because the way that they used to do the executions back in the day is they would take the condemned criminal, who everybody knew was condemned, and it was meant to punish and shame them publicly. They would, they would carry the crossbar of the cross they would walk through the town, and you see this, you will see this again on Holy Week, right, when Jesus bears this peace that he's taking to the cross. 
And it's so that everybody in that town knows exactly who you are, what you've done, and what's about to happen. It's the willingness to be, uh, what am I trying to say, disgraced. And it's the knowing that you are condemned to death. This sermon is just taking an upturn, isn't it? Isn't this wonderful news? It's going to be. Stick with me. But we, we are committed. We pick up that cross daily. We love God with our whole heart. We don't try. We train. Do you see the difference? We're, we're starting to develop a picture, and we need a specific result as well. We're not just going to do this haphazardly. So I want to use the analogy of running because Paul uses the analogy of running. I've run a few miles in my life, mostly for my older brothers to get away. But however you do it, it's a good time. It's good for you, right? But when you think about running, uh, if your goal this year, in 2024, you're going to run the Houston Marathon. Beautiful. Let me rephrase that. You're going to try to run the Houston Marathon versus train to run the Houston Marathon. How do you think that's going to go? Yeah, trying is maybe I'll run, maybe I'll practice, maybe I won't. That's not going to get you through a marathon. And here's the thing about life. You know, when, you, when you train for a marathon, you know exactly the date that it's going to be. And if you go on the Internet, you can download plans, like however many weeks you think you need. They have one called Couch to Marathon. Have you heard of this one? There's a plan called Couch to Marathon. And it's, uh, I forget, I think it's 26 weeks, and they, they walk you through, <laughs> pun intended, <laughs> walk you through, Come on, work with me. <laughs> they walk you through how to get to the marathon and complete it. And I bet there's not a, a, a time where it's like, you know, if you want to take this week off, you just take this week off. You do you, whatever feels good. No. So I, I don't care if it's raining. You're going to train. I don't care if you're hungry. You're going to train. I don't care if you didn't sleep well. You're going to train. That's the difference in completing the marathon or not completing the marathon, not trying. Training. There's a big, big difference. So when you think about this, this uh, consistency that runners have to have to complete that race, that's beautiful. They know the date that that marathon's going to happen. They can train those 26 weeks in advance. But here's the thing with the Christian life. We never know when we're going to be asked to run that marathon, that spiritual marathon. Maybe it's being laid off. Maybe it's a doctor's report. Maybe it's an argument. Maybe it's a breakup of a relationship that's very meaningful. We don't know when that burden is going to be put upon us. So we have to always be in training. And that sounds like bad news. That sounds like really hard. But in fact, it's good news. Because if we're always in training, we're always ready. This is a good thing. And it can be a good thing. So when you think about this, this idea of running... If you're a serious runner, like you want to go and compete in the Olympics, right? It, it takes a whole nother notch up because not only do you have to have the consistency, but this becomes a, a holistic lifestyle. In other words, it's not just go out and run. It's like, okay, what are you eating? Your whole diet has to change. How are you sleeping? Because your recovery is critical to your performance. You've got to get at least seven and a half hours sleep a night. I just made that up. Anyway, but you do have to sleep, right? You have to have people around you, so you're going to need a coach. I ran cross-country in high school because I was so good at running for my brothers, I figured I would turn it into a sport. <laughs> and my sophomore to junior transition year, we got a brand-new coach. And, and the, the old coach, you know how it is with coaches, right? They're like, who wants to coach cross-country? Back in those days, they're like, what? <laughs> Nobody wants to coach cross-country. So the calculus teacher 
was the only guy that couldn't run fast enough to get away from the job. So he was our cross-country coach. You know how much he knew about running cross-country? Less than zero, yes. <laughs> so his, his premise was, okay, we're going to go out and you guys run. How long until uh, I tell you to stop? Okay, how fast? Uh, whatever feels comfortable. Right. No, so you can imagine what that cross-country team was like. We did not win, well, okay, anything. But then this new coach came in. He was young. He was a runner. He, was, uh, he ran through high school. He ran through college. He graduated college. He wanted to be a coach. He wanted to coach track and cross-country. So you can imagine the difference that he brings in. Training took on a whole new meaning. He was asking us about what do you eat and how much you sleep. And, and he did yoga. Yeah, I'm not making this up. We all looked at him like he just dropped off of Mars. Like, what? You want us to twist into a pretzel? Why are we doing this, coach? Is it, it's going to help you run. <laughs> this guy doesn't know anything. He's just, you know what? It actually fixed some strides, got some longer strides, and got people a little bit faster and less injury. Yoga. Who knew? The coach knew. That's who knew. And so you got these people around you. You've got coaches. You've got trainers. You've got managers. You've got your diet. Everything comes together when you train, and we're all in when we train. We were all in when we trained because, one, we didn't want to be embarrassed like we were the last year at the city meet. I forget how many teams competed, but uh, we were last. That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> the next year, we did a little bit better, and the year after that, we did a little bit better, but it was because of training. Was it something that we always wanted to do? It was like, oh, this is so fun. I'm going to run up and down the hill and do suicides until I feel like I want to throw up. No, that's not fun. But you know what is fun? Winning the race. But that's what it takes. Training, not trying. So the other thing that, that Paul talks about here that I want to stress is not only does he go into strict training, is, is his words. It goes, goes into strict training. But he also says, I do not run aimlessly. See, a lot of times I think we take the spiritual analogy. When we try to do this thing called Christianity... When we try to live like a disciple of Christ, we don't really have a goal in mind. We're just kind of, oh, I'm just going to love everybody. That's great. How? To what end? Oh, I'm just going to be more like Jesus. How are you going to do that? What does that look like in your life? I don't know. Well, good luck getting to that finish line. Paul doesn't run aimlessly. He has a finish line in sight. What is Paul's insight, in goal, finish line? Let's throw all those words together. I'm going to read from Acts 20, 24. This is Paul talking about what his single task is. Listen for it. I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Do you think Paul is aimless? Do you think Paul doesn't know what he's after? You couldn't get more specific than he just said, listen, I complete the task, the task, singular, not tasks, not to-do lists, task, singular, to testify to the good news of God's grace. Paul has a singular focus, and if we don't, we won't know what the finish line is. We don't know what we're after. We're liable to get anything. We will be adrift in the sea of culture. We'll do whatever is popular. We'll do whatever feels good, feels right, endears us to other people, but will we testify the goodness of God's grace. Not unless we do that on purpose. In other words, not unless we run this race with the finish line in mind. 
That's what it's all about. So another cool thing begins to happen as you take on this consistency and these habits. If you want to go back and talk about habits, go back to those other ones. We talked about how to make good habits. We talked about how to kill bad habits. We talked about the need for habits and consistency. And here's the cool part. Over time, if you continue to do that, it's not something that you do. It's something that you are. It's not something that's a hobby. It's what you've become. And I love this quote by a runner. I'm assuming this is a runner. I don't know. But it says, in the beginning, you likely say, I run. But with more confidence, you begin to say, I am a runner. When we follow Christ, in the beginning, we may say, I want to follow Christ. As we gain more confidence, we say, I am a disciple of Christ. It becomes a lifestyle. So the who plus the habits is a lifestyle. It's not something that I have to gen up energy to do. It's who I am. So yes, there is a learning curve. There is a steep part there where we start something out and it gets hard. I don't want to run hills. But you know what? After I run hills and I become a runner, it's not so tough anymore. And I see the benefit. I don't want to get up early and read my Bible, but as I do, and it becomes more personalized to me, and I begin to see how it applies to my life, it's not so hard. In fact, I look forward to it, and I see the benefit of that. I don't want to serve like Jesus does. He's going to ask me to do things I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah, yeah, he will. But you know what? There's no growth inside a comfort zone. There's only growth outside of a comfort zone. And if we're going to grow as disciples of Christ, we got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's the way this works. That's the way training works. But over time, it's not just what we do. It's who we are. And it becomes a lifestyle that we don't even have to think about. That's the beauty of it. So here's my action step. My plea to you is to pick one thing. I feel like Curly in City Slickers. And I just swipe my old guy card again. Anyway, pick one thing. <laughs> that you are going to do spiritually, that you're going to train in. Not try, but train in. And I mean be all in with whatever. If you're going to get up 15 minutes and read your Bible for 15 minutes, if you can only get up and do it for two minutes, at least do that. And you'll find that over time, that'll become who you are. If you're going to get up early and pray, if you can only pray for 30 seconds and pray for 30 seconds, but tomorrow try 35 seconds, then the next day 45, and pretty soon that'll become who you are. Don't try to do this one thing, and don't try to do everything, because if you try to do everything, you'll do nothing. Pick one thing and be all in, and I'm talking all in. I mean all in like you're the third monkey in line to Noah's Ark and it's starting to rain. That kind of all in, <laughs> right? That's all in that we need to be, all right? So if you can do that, that would be great. <laughs> so here's one example that I'm just going to throw. I throw this up every week, and I just want to highlight this version Bible app. Because in this Bible app, this is one plan of many, but it goes right along with this sermon series, The Power to Change. There are many other Bible plans. So if you're looking for a way to read that Bible, to learn to pray, to learn more about whatever, they've got millions of things and it's right there on your phone. How many people are without your phone ever? Right? Nobody under the age of, yeah, nobody leaves their phone alone. So it's always with you, just like God. And it's going to be easy for you to do, to be all in. So I want to ask a different scale this time, on a scale of one to five. 
scale of, of uh, the, the number one is we don't need this at all. Five is we need this more than anything. How many people think this world needs Jesus? Let's see a show of hands. Yeah. Well, this is easy math. That is 5.0 out of 5.0. This world needs Jesus. But when we try, we only get 2.7. But the world needs 5.0 from us as disciples of Christ. How do we get there? Right. Exactly. Words are, let's make 2024 the year that we quit trying and start training. Will you pray with me, please? God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ and everything that he does for us. We thank you for the gift of Paul, the spirit that you have moved him with to write these things that we read. We thank you for his enthusiasm, his example, as one who is living for you, all in, no excuses. And God, as we come to you this morning, and we recognize that with good hearts, with good intentions, we have tried, but we've also failed. God, I pray that you would help us to take those lessons, not failures, but lessons, and learn. Not how to try harder, but how to train better. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.